Welcome to the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs, coming at you from Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Kamin Tharath. And I'm Sean Riley. And today, like always, we're having a no bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life. Hi, everyone. We're very excited to have our special guest, Raul from Next Level Experience. And this is a close friend of Sean. So Sean, tell us a little bit about Raul. So I met Raul when I did his program about two years ago called um, The Next Level Experience. It's called The Edge. And it was a four-day personal and professional development boot camp, really. And it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was a physical challenge. It was a fear challenge. And frankly, it was amazing. So I, I consider Raul a really close friend as well as a mentor. Raul, tell us a little bit how you became a serial entrepreneur. So the first business that I was in, actually, I was self-employed uh, back when I was 21 years old. I used to sell vitamins in a multi-level company. So I, I, that was my first entrepreneurship type of business. I was working nine to five for Bristol-Myers Squibb, a pharmaceutical company. And then uh, I got recruited by a, a network marketing company, and they were the ones who really planted the seed of being an entrepreneur. I didn't really realize that I always had entrepreneurship skills, but I didn't know how to be an entrepreneur. So I started reading books. I started reading, and back then it was tapes. <laughs> I don't know how old you are, Kevin. I think you say 40. So you know tapes. Back in the days, there was no podcast. There was no YouTube. So we had to rely on tapes, right? So I still listen to these tapes of, of entrepreneurs talking about the struggle, talking about you know, how you have to pay the price, talking about how you have to invest in yourself. So I, I stumbled on a book called Rich That Poor That. I don't know if you ever heard of Rich That Poor That. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Yes, I've read that. I've read that. So I started reading that book. And in that book, it said like the best investment you could do is, is if you have a little bit of money, invest in real estate, like buy a property and, and invest in real estate. So I didn't know if I was going to qualify for a real estate loan. So I went down to, to a local real estate office. I told them what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a multifamily, just like the book said. Here's my documentation. Here's how much I make. Here's how much I, I have. And lo and behold, I was qualified for a, for a loan. And I, and I started looking at properties and I bought my first my first multifamily property. And if I rent the entire house, it pay by itself. So I was, it was an, an investment, but it, the risk was minimum. I had to put a little money and, and I had to just fix it up and rent it. So I closed on the property. And then as soon as I put out the sign for rent, somebody called me and approached me and said, hey, are you selling that property? I want to buy it from you. I said, well, I just bought it. I'm not going to sell it. He goes, how much do you want for it? I said, listen, if you give me X amount of money, it'll be yours. And he says, done. So I couldn't believe it because I just threw a, a number out there. I didn't know the, I didn't know what I know now. Like, you know, you don't never throw a number that you think you're going to get. You're always going to go farther than that and, and negotiate. So long story short, I made $100,000 on that first property. So I got lucky in my first deal. So, so I took that money and I went down to the BMW dealer and I said, I want to buy a BMW. So I, now I'm bowling. Now I'm like, I'm in my 20s. I just made $100,000, my first $100,000 ever. Now I'm bowling. Now I'm going to the, the BMW dealer and I, I'm asking them to give me a custom M3 with all the bells and whistles. And then I go back into my, my cubicle because I still had a job and I'm reading this book and it says the worst investment you could do is buy a car. <laughs> So I'm like, shit, like I, I already jumped the gun. I already, bought, I, I didn't finish the book. So, so therefore I, I went to the BMW dealership. So this time as I'm reading the book farther, I said, the worst investment is the car. So I went back to the dealership. I said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. And I gave my money back. And you know, they were gracious enough BMW to give me back the money. So I didn't invest in, I didn't buy the, um, the BMW. I bought another property. And then I kept on buying properties. I kept on buying properties until I had enough portfolio. So I could actually leave my job. 
So I, what I did is I, I, I really started digging deep into what, how much do I need to make in order for me to leave my job? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs or people who want to start as an entrepreneur, they don't realize that if you, like money is the number one reason why people quit being an entrepreneur. And if you don't have your finances together, like shit, the, the pressure is, is, is going to kill you. And that was my first business as a real estate investor. And once I started to really get on it, people started asking me, can I teach them? So I started teaching some people. Then I, then I had a brokerage. Then I had a, a, a mortgage company. Then I had all type of businesses around what I knew, what I could do best, which is talk to people, find deals, find ways to, to, to increase my portfolio. And that was the beginning of the first, first venture. When you started your business, how did you put drive and your determination above your fears? What made you say, fear aside, all things aside, I can do this? So, so here's what happened. I was already so bored in my company, in that cubicle, that I couldn't be, and I, I remember this moment clearly because I looked at my boss that was sitting next to me. He had a little bit bigger cubicle. Okay? He had the corner cubicle. And then he looked at me when I was reading this book. He says, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm learning how to, how to invest. This is, you know, listen, if you play your cards right, you're going to end up in my, in my office. So don't fuck this up. Then I looked at him and I said, there's no fucking way when I end up like you. <laughs> like if you, are, if you are the future, if you are like what I'm aspiring to be, like that's a fucking nightmare. So that was my drive because I had somebody sitting next to me that would show me what life was going to be like if I didn't overcome my fear. And I think that's what, that was the drive. That was the beginning of, of really me saying, this is a must. It's not something that it was a nice thing to be an entrepreneur. For me, it was a must because I felt like that cubicle was a jail for me. You know, back in the days, there was no internet. So I, w I couldn't fuck around in social media. Back in the days, I couldn't fuck around the internet. We were literally nine to five in a cubicle putting in, like, putting in work and, and doing the things that it was, it was boring for me. I mean, I was able to do and I, and I left that company and I was, I was doing my real estate hustle on the side, but I was still performing as the best employee. And that's one tip I'll give anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur is that you got to be the best employee because I was the best employee. At the end, they paid me to work two days a week and they pay me the same salary that I was getting paid on five days a week. Because as an entrepreneur, we know how to compound time. So I was so valuable to the company that they didn't want to let me go. They were like, well, what do we need to do in order for you to, to keep you here? So at the end, I felt bad. So I'll give you two days. But the reality is, I was just, I just needed more time because for me, time was everything. Like I need to find more deals. I need to make sure that I, I run my company. I wasn't no more involved in somebody else's company. I needed to do my own thing. In your program, you speak about motivation is fake. It's false. Temporary. Can you elaborate on that? Basically, the difference between determination and motivation. I, I didn't realize that I was, I was using fear to motivate myself. So at that moment, when I saw my boss and his lifestyle, he was driving an old beat up Cadillac and, and I saw myself as him 30 years from now, that was my motivation, right? That was my drive. But I didn't link until later on that my main driver, I was motivated by pain. Uh, a lot of people, they think that they're motivated by, motivated by, by thinking they're going to be millionaires, by thinking they're going to have nice things. I was motivated by pain to the point that I, I remember when uh, I already had a couple of properties and I wanted to buy my dream car. My dream car was, uh, was a Jaguar, right? A, a brand new Jaguar. And, uh, and I couldn't, I was stuck in that, in, in, like, in, in that pattern of like just making enough money but not really making, making more than I wanted to. So what I did is, you know, going back to my old boss, I met him one time and he sold me his beat up car 
that used to smoke and it was like a beat up clunker full of a, a smell with smoke. And, and every time I got into the car, it reminded me that I needed to level the fuck up. So I drove that car for six months until I made enough money so I could buy my car cash. And this time I didn't have to get a loan or anything so that we could invest the money based on what I wanted. So I, I, that's when I figured I was motivated by fear. I was motivated by pain. So that's where the concept comes in that turning pain into fuel is a much greater tool than being motivated sometimes by the nice things that we want. Because if, if motivation worked, every single one of us would be millionaires, we'd be in a perfect shape, we have the best relationship because that's all we want. But the reason that most of us don't get what we want is because we don't find that pain and turn into fuel. So that's when you internalize that pain and you ask yourself, do I really want to feel this way? Do I really want to fail? Do I really want to be alone? Do I really want to be broke? The moment that you say to yourself, enough, there's enough. There's, that's, there's the, I put a line on the sand. I'm, I don't want, that's not my standard. That's when you start finding, how do I get myself disciplined so I could take action that's going to take me towards the goals? Because motivation is temporary. Discipline will last you a lifetime. So you're using fear as a catalyst to get you to the next level, as opposed to a lot of people who use fear as an end state. They talk themselves out of it. I can't do this. I'm going to come up with a reason why I'll fail. But you use it as a tool. If you look at what we've done at the boot camp, Sean, when you came, I used fear to catapult you guys to breakthrough. So what I find in my research is that pain and fear are probably number one drivers of every single entrepreneur. There's not one six entrepreneur that will tell you like, oh, he, he just you know, had a vision board of building Facebook, had a vision board of, of, of making a shift. Look, sack with Facebook. He probably felt alone. He probably didn't have any friends. He probably didn't have a lot of dates. And he used that fear motivated like, fuck, I need to find a network. So he built a social network because he probably felt it was an awkward kid and he wanted to build something that, that, that connects with people. So in, underneath that, we all, like Bezos, you know, he was driven by building the biggest business and, you know, the fear of, of not being enough. And I think that's the, the un, underneath fear of every single social entrepreneur is the feeling of you're not being enough. You don't have enough and you want to prove. So that's the gift on the curse. I, I talk about this in my program. The gift is that we will do more than the average person. Hands down, an entrepreneur who's driven by fear will do more than the average person. The curse is if you're not aware of the cost, you will continue to drive yourself until you burn out, and that's when you're gonna have unfulfillment. And that's, that's the opposite of success. Success and money and accolades without fulfillment and impact is fucking ultimate failure. So, so fear is a great motivator, but don't live on fear. You have to push through the fear and then and expand. Raul, you mentioned discipline a few times, which some people understand what that means and other people take it as a negative thing. Can you dive a little bit deeper and possibly give us some examples of really the definition of what you feel is, what is discipline? So people ask me all the time, Raul, what, how do I get motivated? How do I have your energy? How do I do what you do? Like I've done podcasts every single day. I have not missed one day. I've done trainings for my clients every single week. I have hours and hours of content. I still run my business. I still have my family. I still find find the energy to be able to execute. And, and I tell them, if you had met the Raul 10 years ago, I was overweight. I was stressed the fuck out. I was uh, with anxiety. And it came, it came to a point that I, I was sick. I had a physical pain. 
You know, I was drinking every single day. I was sedating the pain. I already had a successful business. I had a, a great marriage. I, I didn't know why when they're depressed. So then for me, discipline uh, is, is more of life and death for me because I've been through the other side with, where I saw the, what, what the lack of discipline could be created. So my lack of discipline probably could have destroyed my marriage. My lack of discipline could have destroyed my business. My lack of, so I've seen the other side. And th that moment when I saw that, when I woke up in the couch one day and I was drunk and I was uh, just finished a bottle of tequila and then my son was five years old at that time and was looking down on me, I felt so disappointed at myself and I felt like, like a piece of shit that that moment I realized I need to find what my problem is first. I need to find what the, you know, what I'm going through. Is this a midlife crisis? Is this several, what is it that I, that I need? But at that moment I realized that what I lacked was discipline, discipline to actually find what I'm looking for. So discipline is built on a daily basis. Discipline is something that you have to be, like, it's not something that we, are, we like to do. Like this year, this past uh, year, I, I trained my mind every single day to take cold showers. I don't like cold showers. I, 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 nobody likes cold showers. But guess what? Every single day for the last 365 days, I've taken a cold shower every single morning to the point that now I am comfortable with cold showers, but I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like cold showers. So if you give me a choice between a warm shower and a cold shower, if, if I was honest, I'll take a warm shower, but I'm disciplined. I know I need the cold shower because that's going to give me the energy to wake up at that moment that I need to execute at a higher level. I've actually read a lot about like taking a cold shower and kind of what that does to help you. And I can never do it myself. I can't get myself to do it. But really kudos to you for doing that. You know, so what helped you break through and discipline yourself to get through that? So, so then I, when I was telling you what I went through was my, my midlife crisis, what I call the tunnel, right? And a lot of people, a lot of men that I work with, they, they have this misconception what the tunnel is. A lot of people think that, mid, that midlife crisis is a crisis. I believe the midlife crisis is an opportunity, that the tunnel is a gift. That, you know, back in the days, Cam, we had uh, the tribes, right? If you want to be a tribe leader, you go to the elders I said, hey, I want to lead the tribe. What would they do? They'll give you a knife. They said, go to the wilderness, hunt the wolf. And if you come back alive, guess what? You're strong enough and you have enough intelligence to lead your people. But unless you do that, you can't lead, right? Now we, have, we don't have that, 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 that ritual anymore. So what do we do when I lead? All you need to do is put a website and you have to put a title, CEO of entrepreneur, and all of a sudden, you're a leader. But then you don't have your shit together. You're not strong enough mentally. You're not strong enough physically. You're not strong enough you know, emotionally or spiritually to, to actually lead people. So now life, because life gives us exactly what we need to level the fuck up, puts men who are in a leadership environment, leadership position, and gives them this tunnel. And that's where the midlife crisis is. Men who, who have what it takes to be a leader. And I believe life, God in the universe is saying, okay, I want to use you as a leader, but I need to shape you first. I need to mold you. I need to take you into the wilderness. I need to strip you of your ego and to strip you of the things that you think you need so you can find who you truly are inside. And that's what life does. So when I work with men and, and they go, where well, I have millions of dollars or I have a successful company, I don't feel like I'm fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm satisfied. Then we have to strip them out of, out of that, that illusion. And then once they find out what they could do, then they're making choices based on who they are, not based on who they think they are. So once I went through that trial myself, then I started realizing I need a weapon. I need something to remind me of this journey because one thing is said and done and you read it in a book or you go to a seminar, you need to anchor this emotion, to anchor this, this, this memory. So I, that's what I developed, what I call the ritual. 
and a ritual is just pretty much a reprogramming, uh, uh, I'll call it a system for lack of better words, a systematic way to reset your mind every single day to remember that you're in a journey, to remember that you're part of the process, to remember that you're here as a leader, to remember that you have the, the opportunity to, to level up. And every day, Cam, I will lie to you, most of the days I wake up negative, I wake up with, a, with a, uh, fear, I wake up with anxiety, and because I take myself to this process, it allows me to remember, okay, I'm part of a journey, I'm, I'm in the wilderness, I, I, have the, I have the knife, I have to kill the wolf, and now the wolf that I find is the one that, the, the wolf is the one that's breathing down my neck, telling me all the negative thoughts, telling me that I don't have enough, telling me that I'm not smart enough, telling me that I'm going to fail. So every day I'm killing the motherfucking wolf. And every single day, I am leading with purpose and with power instead of feeding my, to the weakness of fear and failure. As a businessman and entrepreneur, and also as a father, health is a personal goal of yours. How do you do it all? There's no such thing as work-life balance as we know. So how do you prioritize so that you're being a good husband, a good dad, a good businessman, all of that blended together? I look at the values that we have, right? Uh, and one of the values that I have, I value a purpose, I value a higher, a higher version of me. So uh, I call it God. I, I believe in God. So if I'm a true believer that I am, I came here by a reflection of a higher purpose, I'm a true believer that I was made to have a, an impact in this world. I have to be a good steward with my time. I have to be a good steward with the energy that I have. And you wouldn't get on a car every day if you didn't have any gas. I mean, that's just fucking crazy. You get in a car, you have this beautiful car and you're in the car and like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to put gas on it or, I'm, or worse yet, I'm not going to put oil or I'm not going to maintain it. All I'm going to do is wash the outside. All I'm going to do is make sure it looks pretty, make sure it looks shiny. How long until you're going driving hundred miles an hour, you're going to run out of gas. And even though the outside looks pretty, it looks nice, it's worthless. That's how I look at my, my body. If I'm not feeding it, if I'm not working out, I'm not, if I'm not bringing the energy, it doesn't matter how I look. It's how I feel the inside that I need to be able to exude the energy, the impact of what I was created for. So the value is God. I'm looking, I'm looking at how do I connect to a higher purpose. Once I realize that I have, the, I have a, the, a mission to accomplish, I need to find my weapons. One of my weapons is my body. I need to make sure I have a, a full tank that I make sure that I'm feeding my body. Then the next weapon is making sure that I, have a, 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 I operate my business. Like I look at my business as a tool, as, as, as another way to impact the world. So I need to make sure I'm paying attention to my business. And then my relationships, my kids. I mean, shit, if I have a, a business, if, I, if, if I'm connected with God and, and if I am the best entrepreneur out there in the cover of magazines, but then my kids hate me, my wife hates me or my family hates me and I'm an asshole at home, then it's just meaningless. So I need to make sure that I am paying attention to every single area of my life, the foundations, the core, what I call the four Bs, the four foundations that really are, are established in, in every entrepreneur. Like you don't ever ask somebody who's in the dying bed, like, like what, what would you wish you had? More days in the office or more time with your family? Every single one of us say, I wish I had more time with my family. I wish I had more time to enjoy life. So you don't have to wait until you're in that bed. You do it now. Like I, that was my thing. Like whatever you're going to do, do it now. Whatever you're going to, you, you play hard. You also got to work hard, but you have to do it now. Don't wait till tomorrow because you don't never know if you're going to have tomorrow. Raul, that was one of my biggest takeaways. You had this idea that entrepreneurs think that we can plan the future. 
today can be it. You need to make the most out of today. You only have 24 hours and it could be the, your last. And so many times I've said, I feel negative. Do I really want this to be my last day? Being negative or being in a bad, uh, having a bad attitude. It's a bad moment, not a bad day. It gives you the drive to get things done sooner than later. And, and that's key. I mean, that's what, that's my whole mantra is like, I have bad moments, man. Like people think I have a perfect life. I have bad moments. I just don't make it into a bad day. You have the choice. You have a bad moment. Okay, deal with it. Deal with a moment. Don't wait till tomorrow. And that's what happens. Most of us, what we do is we deal with the shit tomorrow. <laughs> we ignore the pain. We ignore, we don't want to face the fire. Fucking face it. Deal with it now. And, and then tomorrow is not going to compound. What happens is that we, we don't deal with the problems that we have right now. Tomorrow, they become bigger problems. Like working out. Okay, it's inconvenient to work out, right? It's an hour, a 50 minute, whatever it is. It's inconvenient. Okay, compound that shit for five years. You'll be overweight. You probably had high blood pressure. You probably have other disease. So the compound effect is what's killing us. If we deal with our problems now, tomorrow they're going to have less, less power over us. Listen to you speak and listeners that are listening to you, they must think, wow, this guy Raul has his shit together. He's crushing it. But we're all human, right? Um, you know, the goal of this podcast is to make sure that people can relate to folks just like yourself who are successful. But there's definitely got to be a challenge or something that you are having a difficulty with. So tell us a challenge that you're trying to get through right now, Raul. I, I, I tell you right now, the, the one challenge that I've been overcoming for the past probably year is the illusion that I should be farther from where I am. Uh, and not because of oh, I want to be the guy or I want to be like, you know, the, 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 the significance is because I, I know that I have a short amount of time in this world. So I'm always thinking like, how many people can I impact? How many people can I help? How many people? So my drive is always that little voice telling me like, Raul, you know, you, you should have millions of people. You should have, you know, this, this amount of impact, right? So recently what happened in Thanksgiving uh, my father passed away and my father passed away in Thanksgiving day. And that's, I believe, truly believe that that was the moment that I, I shifted consciously to realize that impact has nothing to do with numbers because in his funeral, we had uh, about 200 people that came in and every single one of them says that my father impacted their, that impacted their lives because he was always sharing his positive prayers, his positive beliefs even though he was handicapped, even though my dad was in a wheelchair, even though my dad wasn't a businessman, he was an influencer. He was just a normal man with a handicap that was doing extraordinary things. And, and what I've, I'm, I'm overcoming now is, is really seeing that, fuck, man, like, is that mindset that we have, it is the gift and the curse. It's like, I'm exactly where I need to be right now. I'm exact, I am in a perfect storm right now, perfect situation. The only thing I have to do is just keep doing what I'm doing I don't let that, that mind tell me that I should be farther ahead. Still have that drama. And my fear was that I was going to, if I let go of that, Cam, if I let go of that illusion that I should be more, I'm going to lose my drive. Who am I if I'm not this driven motherfucker that's out there killing it? Now I'm out there killing it, not because I have to, it's because I can. I can do it. And, you know, and, and that takes the pressure off like you have to do it. And now the, the culture that I have with my companies and what I just told my the first First day back in the office, I told my team, I said, fuck, I don't want this company to be about Raul. Like if this company is just about me, then I've lost. And I, every single one of my employees, they give me a list of their goals and their vision. 
And I said, my mission in 2020 is to help every single one of you accomplish your mission and your vision through this company. Because I believe that's what I'm here for. Make sure that everyone around me grows and expands. And, and that's what's clicking. And my struggle has been is just really getting around, around that idea that numbers, money, impact has nothing to do with the illusion that we have of what things should be, but really surrendering, surrendering to the fact that, man, we are, if we're alive today, we're in a perfect, perfect scenario, man. We're lucky. We're blessed. I said lucky. We're blessed to be here. As we're wrapping up here, Raul, tell us a little bit about what you're working on. What's next for the next level? So for the past uh, five years, Sean, I mean, you came to my boot camp, so uh, I've, been, I've been doing boot camps every single month. For the past five years, I've been doing boot camps every single month, training a small group of entrepreneurs. And kind of like the way I look at it is like, these guys are like the Navy SEALs of entrepreneurship. Like these guys like have an edge. These guys have the, the, uh, the stamina and, and, the, and the mindset to actually be with me for three to four days, you know, at, at a time. So in 2020, the vision is how do we expand now to actually reach more people that may not have, you know, the, the business accolades. They might not have built a million dollar company. They might not, you know, have, have, have done something extraordinary, but they have the desire and they have the fire. But all they're looking for is they're not looking for motivation. They're looking for leadership. And I think that is the main key and the main shift that I see in the marketplace that anybody could be a motivational speaker. Anybody who knows how to talk, has, you know, who looks good and has a good website could be a motivational speaker. What we don't have, and I've seen the youth, uh, you know, when I look at you know, younger people, we lack leadership. And as men, we need to start learning what does leadership look like? What does leadership really is? And, and start digging deep on that leadership skills. So I'm working on, on creating two events this year. It's called the Next Level Leadership Summit. And the Next Level Leadership is a combination of, of men who are building million-dollar companies with also people who want to learn from them. And now they want to they have mentors. And I'm not talking about mentors that are coaches, like just mentors who are, who are playing the game. Because I believe that you always should have a mentor and you should have a mentee. So I'm going to provide... The, the men and women out there, because now we're opening up to women at the next level leadership. Women are going to come in, and, and I've met some badass women that are killing the game now. And I want to help them find the framework and see, like, build a community of leaders, not a community of just entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are, are, are awesome, but we need to start getting around leaders because leaders will get shit done. So the next level leadership is, is in March, March 12th and 13th. Uh, we're looking to have some amazing speakers. I, I talked to uh, some of my friends who are in the, in the industry. I have uh, the founder of uh, Spartan Race, who's going to come as, a, as one of the main speakers there. He's going to talk about how he built in, he's built a massive global company with Spartan Race. And, and we, we're going to really dig deep on the, the topic of emotional intelligence because I think that's what, that's what leadership is. Leadership is having the power to influence and have the emotional intelligence to guide people through their vision. Leadership is not about, hey, follow me, I know where to go. Leadership is like, shit, follow me, I'm gonna figure shit out. I may not know where to go, I may not have all the, all the keys, I may not have you know, everything planned out, but I'm gonna figure shit out as I go along. That's what leadership is. You need to have emotional intelligence, you have to have a high level of, of EQ in order for you to be a leader. So that's one of the main topics we're gonna be digging in, what needs to happen for leaders to really run organizations and and train their employees, train their customers to have a better experience. That's really what it's all about. So Raul, for all those entrepreneurs out there, 
and and business people and and people interested in your program, how do they get a hold of you? So the next level leadership summit.com is is where they could find the tickets. Uh, and I'll, I'll send you the website so you guys could, could plug it in your in your podcast. But really, uh, one simple way to get a hold of us is Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. The handle is at Raul the Edge. I'm very active on, on I have a YouTube channel, Raul Vilases. I'm really uh, I have a new text platform. So this is a, is a cool takeaway for all your all your um uh, your listeners. Text me at two zero three. 405-9199. That's 203-405-9199. You have access to some of the stuff that we do. You'll be part of a text community where I'm really doubling down on communicating with my, with my community. Uh, I think social media is great, but it also has a lot of filters. I think by having one-on-one conversations and having direct questions and, and allowing you know, the, the, the customer, the client, the consumer to have access to somebody's brand is key. And the next 10 years, I believe that the shift in the economy is going to be people who are doing business with brands that give a shit. Not just brands who are giving, giving people what they want. is like they want to know what you're about. And I know I've been doing some, a lot of studying and you know, every single brand out there that wants to make a shift to the market is getting to the connection with the customer, connection with the client and having those, those conversations and the, the, uh, the way to be able to have access to them. So if you, you text me, I'll definitely respond. 203-405-9199, 203-405-9199. Thank you so much, my friend. You're a mentor and a brother. Thank you. I appreciate you too, man. Had a blast. Thanks, Earl. Keep crushing it. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at The Vulnerable Entrepreneurs. Twitter and Instagram at the VE Podcast, the VE Vulnerable Entrepreneur Podcast. And join the conversation by visiting us on our website, thevepodcast.com, and email us at hello at thevepodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. That wraps it up. We understand that every minute of your day is valuable, and we appreciate you spending time with us today.